Pastor Cologne, would you please join me up here? Pastor Edwin Cologne, Emmanuel Church. Emmanuel Church, meet Pastor Edwin Cologne. Would you please say hi to the good man? Hi. Fantastic. Now, now you know each other. Yeah. Now, Pastor, step, step, step up to the microphone there. There, there we go. I wanted, can, can I just say, so we met, I don't know, nine months ago, a year ago? Do you know what it was? About Something like that? Ago, yeah. We've yeah. gone out to breakfast a couple times. Mm -hmm. You keep on uh, explaining to me how to order a good Dominican breakfast. Right. Yeah. Um, they're really fantastic, yeah. but I still forget exactly how to order that. So you're, right. we're going to have to go to breakfast again. For sure. Fantastic. For sure. Fantastic. But ever since we met, I've wanted you to meet Emmanuel, mm -hmm. and I've wanted Emmanuel to meet you. Mm -hmm. You lead, t t tell us the congregation that you lead. So, um, good morning. Uh, the, the Recovery House of Worship is a really, really beautiful congregation. We started about 20 years ago. Um, once we got saved, my wife and I, um, we started to open our home to the homeless to sleep on our living room floor. We slept with them, my wife with the kids in the bedroom. And all we wanted to do was just share uh, the love of Christ uh, with them. And then, uh, and just, you know, so we would wake up. I would preach a terrible Bible study. I'm sure I led several people to Islam. <laughs> and, um, and then, um, and about, uh, it just kind of grew and grew and grew and got out of hand. And so we uh, feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the naked, and help the addicted uh, to find help. And so now our congregation is changing because the neighborhood has changed so much. And so now there's something that we say, if you come to the Recovery House of Worship and you slept in the penthouse across the street or in the park bench next door, you're welcome to our place. So that's just a, a snapshot of what the Recovery House of Worship is like. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And so, so um, you started about 20 years ago. Yeah. But on the other hand, mm -hmm. your church is like, it, it's like a new... Uh, renewal of a church that's like mm -hmm. a thousand years old, right? Yeah. Not yeah. quite. But yeah, how, not, like how, how old is the so, church? Um, what happened was is about uh, 16, 17 years ago, mm -hmm. between 15 and 17 years ago, we merged that church, the church that I was talking to you about with addicts, um, you know, tattoos on the neck, you know, 20 years in prison, muscle on top of muscle. And those were just the women. And so that church merged with the oldest Baptist church in all of Brooklyn. So you can imagine how well that turned out. And, uh, but we finally made it through. And so, yeah, um, uh, so the church uh, that I pastor now is technically almost 200 years old. It's the oldest Baptist church in Brooklyn, but it has renewed life. And um, God is doing some really miraculous things. Yeah. One of the things, as we've as uh, I've gotten to know Pastor Cologne, that I, I just love is how uh, in New York City, and this is true in any city um, where the gospel is taking root, mm -hmm. but um, the church, it's, it's not just the individual, individual churches running around. We're a team. Right. At least in, in Jesus' mind, we're a team. Yeah, absolutely. And I want our mind to be like Jesus's mind yeah. in every way possible. Yeah. Um, and here uh, at Emmanuel, some of what we say is we want to uh, see and describe and reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ mm. for the flourishing of our city. And mm. every time we talk, mm -hmm. every time I hear what God's doing in your church, mm -hmm. I, I, I get to see something of Jesus Christ. Mm. I hear Jesus described mm. and I see him reflected. Yeah. And I want to say that we mm. honor at Emmanuel, we want to honor 
mm. what God's doing in you and in mm. your congregation. Mm. We're delighted that you're here to preach today. Um, and we want to we, we want to act more like this, and mm -hmm. and all the more with churches um, that you know a, a, a church that's two hundred or two two hundred years old and twenty years old. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's a it's a sign of what God's what God's doing. Tell mm -hmm. us something you're excited about that God's doing in your, in your church. So um, I just love how uh, what's happening now is that discipleship is taking place within the context of different social economic um, backgrounds, and so it's beautiful to see the affluent be discipled by the poverty-stricken, and the poverty-stricken uh, be encouraged by the affluent. And so um, for me, that's, that's a thing that I'm really encouraged by. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, can I pray? Please. And, and then we'll hear the Bible, and then, and then you'll come and, and preach for us. Yeah. Father in heaven, we thank you so much uh, for uh, Pastor Colon, for his wife, for his family. Mm. Father, we thank you for calling them by name. Yeah. Um, all those years ago. Yeah. And then uh, thank you for gifting them and calling them and, and giving them the grace to be courageous in discipleship. Thank you for building a Recovery House of Worship. Thank you for merging that church with a historic church. Thank you for reconciling uh, different socioeconomic uh, backgrounds together in Jesus Christ. And we ask that you would do more and that you would do more across the city that you would grant that your church spread out across the city would act as one team, one true body of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, thank you that Pastor Edwin is here with us today. Pray that you would fill him with the, your Holy Spirit and fill us with your Holy Spirit as we hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank amen. you, Pastor. Debs, will you please read the Bible to us? I, I read in taking from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Almighty Father, will you open our hearts that we may receive your word? And will you, by the Spirit, bring forth the fruit you desire? In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I'm super thrilled to be with you. Not a little nervous, um, but I'm really, really grateful to be with you. I'm so grateful to Pastor Jim for inviting me and his friendship. I learned so much from Jim and Pastor Jim and... Uh, Pastor Jim has a genuine and beautiful love for Jesus that inspires my heart to want to love Jesus more. And I'm sure that you've experienced that. And so thank you. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk. Um, all right, I should give a little bit of a preface, right? So I just told you a little bit um, about the church that I come from. So the environment, the, the, the style is slightly different than what we've experienced this morning. <laughs> So there's a couple of things. So I, I preach different than Pastor Jim, so there's a couple of things that I would say. So number one, if you're here, I know you were hoping to hear Pastor Jim, and I'm just so sorry. <laughs> I'm just so sorry to you. I wish. I mean, I, I, I wanted to hear him too, but um, that's, not, that's not the contract today. And, and for those of you who are here for the first time, come back next week. It'll be so much better. So much better if you just come back next week. It's going to be fine. So um, stick with me. Um, and... 
the, the second thing, uh, the second or fourth, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, so the next thing that I would say is um, that today what we're going to talk about is something that strikes all of us. If you're here and this is your first time in a uh, Anglican or even church environment, or maybe you're coming back for the first time in a long time, um, you're really welcome to be here. We're so glad that you're here. And you're going to learn something that I think will have a deep effect on your life. You don't even have to be Christian um, to believe uh, the truth of what we're going to talk about today because it's self-evident in every person in life. Because the fact is today we're going to talk about suffering and difficulty, heartache and pain. And it doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a Christian, if you find yourself highly spiritual or just a person who doesn't think much about that sort of thing. We all are going to suffer. We all are going to have dark nights of the soul where our tears don't stop crying, our heart doesn't stop breaking, the pain doesn't stop growing, and the despair doesn't threaten to overwhelm us. Every one of us are going to go through that. And so I want us to go in these next few minutes on this journey about how Christ is our hope in that, but maybe through in sort of an indirect way, if, we could, if you could just follow along with the text. And so my prayer, and I know we've prayed a lot, I'm going to pray again more for me than for you, um, that Jesus would get this deeper down into our souls. So I'm just going to pray for a few more seconds. Is that okay? Okay. Father, you are really, really good. And I know that right now there are people who are within the sound of my voice who are experiencing unbelievable pain. And they don't even know how to get through the next day. Lord, would you remind us about how close you are to the brokenhearted? Would you remind us that you are good? Would you remind us, Lord, that you never leave and you never forsake your home? So God, as you remind us of these things, Lord, help us that that truth may radiate from deep, deep within our souls and that we might believe what we already know. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So like I'm no stranger to pain and suffering. 2007 to 2009, though, were the toughest, the darkest uh, years of my life. And if you understood how I grew up, you would understand how crazy that is. My father was an alcoholic. My mother was a paranoid schizophrenic. I grew up in what you would call a crack house. It was terrible, really difficult. Another sermon for another day. My point is it was a really difficult upbringing. Grew up in Brooklyn, you know, born and raised back when Brooklyn wasn't as cool as it presently is now, right? Back when y'all did not want to move there. And, um, and so, um, but 2007 uh, proved to be um, the darkest of my life. Um, I, I had a laptop. We, 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 we helped the homeless and we helped the poor. And I had a laptop and the screen was all broken throughout the thing. And, and someone stole it and had all my sermons and my ideas and the books that I was planning to write. And if you're a thought worker, you know how painful that is for someone to take your laptop. It doesn't matter that it was worth nothing. It was just what all that it had. And um, my mother had a stroke that very um, same time period. And they, she's a paranoid schizophrenic, and so they, were, they forgot, they forgot. They, they didn't give her her mental medication, her mental stabilizing medication. And so she was slowly losing her mind again. 
and um, as her body was ineffective. And so it was like real torture visiting her and um, the pain of trying to get, figure out what went wrong um, started to take a toll on my soul. And, um, and we became homeless. We were, me and now it's five children, but our four children at the time, we became homeless. Homeless serving the homeless. Homeless showering with the homeless. Homeless eating with the homeless. Homeless cooking with the homeless. And that didn't last for like a day, a week, a month, or a year. But for over 700 days, I got to watch my wife cry herself to sleep as we were trying to go forward with the calling that God had to serving the poor, but there was just no money. And on top of that, my father, who we have an estranged relationship, um, he didn't just move, he left like the country and moved to the Dominican Republic. And like, we're Puerto Rican. And <laughs> it was like, what? And he didn't tell us and he just left and it was just like another nail in the coffin of our relationship. And, but even as I'm sharing with you my difficult story or my difficult time, I'm not the only one who's gone through dark times. Right now, you have gone through dark times. If I passed this particular microphone to the person sitting in your seat, you would be able to share your dark hour. Maybe with you, it was your marriage. Maybe it still is. And it's just a dark, dark time for you. Maybe for you, it's your children. And they're just going in a direction that is breaking your heart. And it's a dark time for you. Maybe it's your health. Some of us right now sitting here are going through a health crisis that we wish we didn't have to go through. And the doctors, their prognosis is always, it's just dark, dark and painful. Maybe... Maybe it's your finances or your business. You thought that it was going to go a certain way and certain people acted in a way that you didn't think. And, and it's just a dark time for you right now. God knows that every one of us are going to go through dark times. God knows that every one of us are going to go through pain and suffering. God knows that every one of us are going to hit a moment where we feel like we're all alone and it's all dark and there's no light. And because God knows that, he gives us his word, his word to remind us of things that we are prone to forget. Now, in my congregation, we only give one point because I don't believe that anybody will walk away with more than one point in any sermon. If you don't believe me, ask yourself, what was Pastor Jim's point last week? I promise even Pastor Jim doesn't remember. <laughs> None of us do. So we narrow it down to one point. Because I want you, listen to me. If you're going through dark times right now, or you're just coming out of dark time, or maybe you're going, you don't know it, but you'll be going to one in the near future. You're going to need to remember what we learned today.
And so here's the big idea. I'm going to say it once, and then we're going to say it together twice. Is that okay? So the big idea for today is don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Let's say that together. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. One more time. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. Now we see that very point taken right from our text. Let's look at it. It says in Psalm 103, page, in your um, bulletin, it's page 8. Um, and so you could follow along. This, this church is, is so concerned, especially for those who would come to Christ in a new way. Maybe you didn't bring your Bibles. They actually put it in the bulletin. It's right there, page 8. So if you didn't bring a Bible, you can read right along with it. The psalmist, the psalmist is crying out to God in this psalm. He's going through a difficult time. We don't know what his difficult time is, and that's good for us because it reminds us that this is a general psalm. This is a psalm for us all. And the psalmist says this, Praise the Lord, my soul, and all, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. The psalmist starts, as he's going through a lamentable time, the psalmist starts not just by listening to himself, but by preaching to himself. He starts by reminding his own soul of what he already knows, but sometimes forgets. He says, praise the Lord, my soul. That's, that's the, per the person that he's directing this to is his own soul. Because I don't know about you, but when I go through the dark times, when I go through the difficult moments, when I go through the nights, the dark nights of the soul, when I go through that, I tend to forget, forget who God is, his, that he's ever present. And so the psalmist starts where all of us start, a need to be reminded. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Then he goes on, praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. And by the way, that's where we get our big idea. Forget not. Don't forget. You're gonna, when you go through it, you're going to be tempted to feel like God is not with you, even though the Scripture says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're going to be tempted to believe that what you're going through, no one else has gone through, even though the Scriptures say that you're not alone in your suffering. You see, we're all going to be tempted to forget. So the psalmist says, forget not. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. And then he says, and forget not all his benefits. And then there's a dash there. Does anybody see that? That's in the NIV. I don't know if we got that in the thing. That dash is actually really important because that dash is going to remind us that, or going to... Um, make us aware that everything that he's going to say after this, all the way down to really to like verse 18, everything that he's going to say, we're not going to go that far. We're just going to go the first few verses because this is your church and not my church. And, and you don't want to be here for an hour. So, uh, um, so here's the deal. Um, what he's going to say next is because we forgot and he knows we forgot. And so he's going to give us clues on remembering and here he goes, he goes, and forget not all his benefits. What might those benefits be? Here's one, 
who forgives all your sins. Just pause. You know why your heart is not leaping for joy right now? Do you know why your tears are now not flowing after having read that? Because you forgot. You forgot that he forgives all your sins. You know, the ones that you swear you'll never tell anybody. The ones, the secrets. The ones that you can't forgive yourself. You forgot, beloved. You forgot that he forgives todo, all your sins. Everyone. The ones that you feel a great deal of shame about. The ones that your mom keeps on reminding you of. The ones that your wife can't forgive. The ones that your kids keep on throwing up at your face. He forgives all your sins. And the reason we're not excited about that is because we forgot. But forget. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. In the moments of difficulty, in the moments of woe, don't forget he forgave all your sins. Yeah, but you don't understand. I keep on going back. I keep on struggling. Yeah, he forgave all your sins. Yeah, but you don't get it. What I've done in the past, you don't know what I've done. I know I don't know, but he knows. And I'm telling you, I'm the worst person in this room. And he forgave all of our sins. You know, I got a I mean, I got, a, I got a church full of people who've been to prison, and, you know, so I, I told you about some of that. And I tell them all the time, almost every week, I'm the worst person in the room. And you know, none of them have ever argued with me. None of them. Not one. That's good, isn't it? That we could be the worst person in the room. And he forgives all, even the ones you think can't be forgiven. And so, and I know, I know, I know, I know it's, it's like spiritual and it's like, it seems humble to say something like, you know, I know that God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. People in my church tell me that. And my response is always the same. I put my hand on their shoulders and I look them in the eye and I say, who do you think you are? that your opinion would matter more than God's confession. He forgives all of your sins. Don't forget in the dark. Don't forget in those moments where you've sinned so great that you think that no one could ever forgive you. Even if you find yourself in a jail cell, don't forget that he forgives all your sins. Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light, but he goes on and heals all your diseases. This is awesome. Now, our church is a little bit more Pentecostal than this one, right? So what that means is like everybody's like super amped up and super excited and all that stuff, right? And so we actually, like, and I know, I, I don't know if you got, I don't know if you guys are down with this, but we believe that God heals. Amen. Okay, cool. Thanks. I didn't talk to Jim about this. Thank the Lord. Yeah, so the Lord does heal, right? And, and I tell my people, okay, yes, thank God. I'm glad we could all agree. Um, so, so I tell my people, 100, and, and just hold on for a second. Let me finish the entire thought before, like, don't, don't jump on. I say, I say, I say, I say God, God heals 
of all of the diseases to those that are his own. Now, now pause one second. Just Here's what I mean. What I mean is that when we pray for God's healing, um, we get sometimes a temporary healing on this side of eternity, right? So like, you know, uh, uh, just this Tuesday, I heard about a woman who had uh, stage four cancer, uh, like, you know, is going to die, literally got prayed for, no more cancer. We all love that. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. That's temporary. Because I don't know if you know this. She's eventually going to die. Right? Like, and if you don't believe me, think about this. Jesus healed Lazarus, Lazarus from death. Like literally rose Lazarus from the grave. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Lazarus died again. Like that, right? That's a temporary that's a temporary healing. Now, but 100%, right? So a lot of us don't get the temporary. But all of us get the permanent, eternal healing that he gives. All of us do. You get, beloved, you get a new body in the new heavens, in the new earth. We're going to, as the old hymn says, pirouette upon our graves he heals all of your diseases. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't, are you going through a dark time with your health? Are you, are you being reminded that you're fading away? Beloved, he heals all of your diseases. And you know why you've been so consumed by what the doctor says? Because you forgot. But don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. He'll heal all your diseases. He goes on. Who redeems your life from the pit <clears throat> and crowns you with love and compassion. We talked a little bit. He redeems your life from the pit. The grave is not going to be our final address. That's not where we end up. Even if you've lost loved ones, the hope that we have in Christ declares to us that we may see them again. That it's going, that he redeems us, those who belong to him from the pit even death we can say where is your sting you know why paul could say that and that was paul by the way who originated that not shakespeare right paul could say that because he remembered now i should have said this in the beginning and I'll, uh, but i'll go back to it now the kind of remembering that we're talking about is not like not like mental affirmation or kind of like um, cognitively um, sort of recalling um, what God has done. That's not what we're talking about. When the Bible talks about remembering, it's talking about like something that it's a controlling emotion, right? So here's, here's like what will happen, right? So um, uh, you, you struggle with a sin. You struggle with a sin. Let's, uh, I don't know, you struggle with a sin. Over, you know, like, you know, maybe you binge and purge or, you know, like, you know, you eat a bunch of food and then you throw up. and like, right. So when you go through that, when you're tempted with that, you, you know that you've sinned this way before and you know how this one ends. It's going to end horribly. It's going to be painful, all that stuff. But what you do is you do it anyway. But and then right after that, you feel guilty and now you remember. Now it's like, oh, I know. And if someone tried to tempt you with the same temptation five minutes from that point, you're like, I don't want to do that. That's so painful. Why? Because you've remembered. It's a part of you. It's, it's visceral. That's the kind of remembering we're talking about. He says, 
He'll raise you from it. He'll redeem your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. I love this one because some of the people that come to our church are crowned with shame and humiliation. Their bosses treat them like they're less than nothing. They, they get ridiculed by society. They have no power. They have no status. But I love to remind them that he will crown you with life, with love and compassion. That other people might crown you with humiliation and disdain and contempt, but he will crown you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. Again, our desires, our sinful desires, will lead us towards sin. And you know why you keep on going back to sin? Because you forgot. Because you forgot that he will satisfy your desires. Do you know why we know that God will do all of this for us? Because there's a basis for us to believe this. This is not just me telling you. This is not just me going, don't worry. God is going to, got you. God is going to forgive your sins. This is not, no, no, no. But because of Jesus. We can be reminded of this because of Jesus. Because Jesus was the one who had no sins, but all of the sins were placed on him. Your sins could be forgiven because all of your sins were placed on Jesus. How could God heal all of your disease? You and I could receive healing because Jesus received wounds. By his wounds, you are healed. You and I can be redeemed from the pit because Jesus was abandoned to the pit. You and I can have a crown of love and compassion because Jesus was crowned with thorns, ridicule, and disdain. You and I can have our our desires satisfied because Jesus, for our sake, Jesus said, I thirst and was not satisfied. Don't forget in the dark what he taught you in the light. When the boss fires you, when the wife says, I don't love you anymore, when the kids are behaving in a way that's breaking your heart, when the health is going down, when, you, when the despair and the depression closes in, don't forget in the dark what he taught you in the light. Now, how do we get this in? And I'm almost done. The way we get this in is not with the five-minute prayers that we do just before we go to work. I want to suggest to you that perhaps, and we just met, so what can, you know, what can I tell you to do, right? But I would, I would beg you, this, kind, this doesn't get deep into your heart with on a diet of five-minute prayers. You dig what I'm saying? Like, we have to spend time with him. So let me recommend, let me recommend that you would pause to get this inside of you, that even this week you would take this on. And could you imagine, I only read the first five verses. Could you imagine what's in verse six? And in seven? And in eight? Like all the things that we've forgotten about what God will do and has done and is doing 
for you and me in Christ. So maybe tomorrow you wake up and you just go, God, teach me what the ramifications are. How would I live if I really believed that you forgave all of my sins? What kind of shame would have to break free from my life? What kind of sorrow could I let go of if I really believed that you forgave all, todo, everyone of my sins? And then you just sit, let me, let me tell you, you sit on that until the hairs on your arms stand up and you're reminded that your, his salvation is total and complete and free. And you can do that with the rest of the stuff. But just, there's, so there's this time, but, the, but you have to create time for that. And so don't for, the way you don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light is by taking time. Time to let this get deeper in your soul. Not just on the skin, not just on the surface, but getting it deeper in your soul. The second thing that you do is you apply what you just learned to the minor frustrations of life. So the way I can deal with the major disappointments of my life is by applying God's word to the minor disappointments of my life so that it becomes a habit so that when the major things come, I've already exercised. Like, right, it would be something if some of us, right, we were going, oh, it's the new year. We're going to go to the gym and we're going to work out, right? And then we're going to go under a bench, right? And it's like, okay, we're going to bench press 600 pounds. You know what would happen? Our arms would snap off. Our chest would get crushed. It would be overwhelming. But if you just started with a small amount of weight, you would start building a muscle. And eventually that muscle would grow. So your faith would grow if you would just be reminded to apply this in those little areas of life, the small areas of life. So here's what I want you to do tomorrow. You're going to get frustrated. The train's going to go by. And, and, and you're going to be really, it was important that you make that train because of the meeting and all that stuff. And you're going to, oh, wait. I don't want to forget on the train station what God taught me in the Sunday service. It's a small dark, I know, it's a small dark, but we're practicing here. You're, you're going to tell your husband, honey, I told you no fat milk, not all the, you know, fat milk, or you guys probably don't even drink milk, right? Like the almond milk, not the, like whatever you guys, like, you know, uh, you know, and so the vegan, no fat, you know, uh, non-GMO, uh, right. And so, and so you're going to say that, and there's going to be a disappointment in your soul. And you're going to go, oh, God, don't let me forget in the dark that even though my desires are not being satisfied right now, you are the satisfaction of my longing and hope. You see how that works? Don't forget in the dark what God taught you in the light. He's good. Don't forget it. Let's pray. Father, you are really, really, really good. And I forget. And sometimes, Lord, with the stuff that I go through, I think I forget too much. Lord, would you remind me of this even now? Would you remind me, oh God, of what we just learned in your word? That when the darkness threatens to consume us, that you are with us. That you never leave, that you never forsake, that you never abandon. And that if you 
did all of what we just read, if you did it all in Christ, and you did it all for us, help us to be reminded that you will do it in us, and through us, and with us. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Saladin. I'm the rector here at Emmanuel Anglican Church. Uh, our church exists to see and describe and reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ for the flourishing of our city. And I hope this podcast encouraged you in that way towards Christ. If you're here in New York City, we'd love to see you. Please join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Generosity drives everything we do at Emmanuel. And if you'd like to contribute, please visit www.emmanuelanglicannyc.com give.